counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut. You better want it in your bones. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast, Wags and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Dane. Dane, how are you doing, and are you recovered from that game Sunday night? Wags, it took me about three days to even um, look at Packer stuff after uh, after that loss, which might be a record for me. I'm still a little angry. I'm still uh, a little hot under the collar uh, as, we, as we start to record this podcast just ahead of Thanksgiving, and... Uh, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I think I'm feeling the same emotions you and Packer Nation are right now. Yeah. And I'm just going to go ahead and crack open a beer here Good, as yeah. we sit here on a Wednesday night here before Thanksgiving. No work tomorrow, right? So that already made me feel a little bit better, Dane. Yeah, I, that was a tough game. That was a tough game, no doubt about it. Optimistically, we've got it all out in front of us. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, we'll get, and we're not going to get ahead of ourselves, but um, we've got a pretty easy schedule here the rest of the way. Any team in the NFL can beat Packers if we play, especially if we play the way we did last week. That wasn't just a beat down against a good team. Um, I, we just played some bad football. And, you know, we. I actually, in a way, am, am glad that we were against, going against the 49ers because that was going to be a tough team to beat anyway. So if you believe in you're going to have a few stinkers out there every season, may as well get it out of the way in the games you're not going to have a great chance of winning anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in a nationally televised game like that, I, I'm not a, a huge believer in perception, but this was a game that got away from us. And so my, my biggest concern now before we get into this week and kind of going back and looking back, just big picture, Dane, do we have to recalibrate some expectations with this team? No. <laughs> my expectations are, are, are pretty high right now still with this team. Uh, I think defensively, um, perhaps they're not the top 10 defense right now. Uh, that we uh, we hoped that they would be at this point in the season, um, but Wags, we've lived through enough um, Green Bay Packers seasons, I think, to uh, have an understanding that sometimes what the team looks like at the end of the season isn't what the team looks like, um, you know, in week ten or week eleven or, or or any any time prior to that. I was recently looking at the uh, Packers Super Bowl roster from the 2010 season, and uh, the defense, not a lot of names were standing out to me on that defense. There was, of course, a couple guys there, um, but my point with that is they gelled, they got hot at the right time, and, uh, and they made plays when they needed to make plays. You think of Tremont Williams with that pick. Uh, you think of Eric Walden leading up a Week 17 game uh, against the Bears just to get us into the playoffs. My point being, I think that there's more talent on this defense right now than there was on that 2010 Super Bowl team. And I think that we have the ingredients for success on this defense. Uh, however, right now, things aren't clicking. Um, so I think that we need to continue to tweak. We need to continue to... Um, do uh, you know to, to adjust to the teams that we're playing? Uh, however, 
We do have something on our side that most NFL teams wish they had, which is a pretty darn healthy roster top to bottom. Um, so I think we need to continue to make these adjustments. Sure, we didn't look that great here on Sunday night. In fact, we look pretty damn bad as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I think that it's a learning experience with a young team and we're, uh, we still have an opportunity. And as you said, Wags, it's all out in front of us. We just need to seize the opportunity. Yeah, and you know the interesting thing is, is when you look at the box score and and dig into you, the game a little bit, just looking at uh, some of the uh, analytics, you wouldn't uh, predict the score was what it was. Yeah, um, maybe offensively things look pretty ugly, but uh, sticking with the defensive side, uh, the Packers held the 49ers to three for nine on third down. Um, they were able to get a, a number of sacks. Um, three for the game, so nothing to write home about, but I thought they were getting some pretty consistent uh, pressure, especially situationally, on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and, and that uh, was not something that led to any turnovers, but uh, it seemed like the defense was doing a pretty good job in those situations, and, and that's something that you really like to see and can, can build on moving forward. Uh, how a defense is doing on third down, I think, is a really key um, uh, thing to be looking at from a performance standpoint. And they've been up and down this season, but overall, I, I think this is a defense that when they're able to get pressure on the quarterback, and, and we saw that they were bringing some additional uh, blitz packages uh, this week, uh, we said going into the game, uh, one wrinkle we might expect to see is to have Blake Martinez come more. Yeah. And he did. He, he had did. a sack. Uh, so I was encouraged to see that. I thought that was a, a better use of their personnel in those situations. And uh, that brought a, a little bit of additional pressure and made Jimmy Garoppolo uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, 49ers only had 16 first downs. Uh, this is incredible to me. The Packers actually had more first downs than the 49ers did. How's that did. possible? I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it's really strange. So, so what it comes down to is... You, you can't uh, give the 49ers the ball at, at their at your own two-yard line, <laughs> uh, and they're going to score. That's a, essentially a pick six right mm -hmm. there, and uh, for all intents and purposes. And then it's the big plays. Uh, that's yes. been plaguing them all year. So the question to me, Dane, is we've seen where these big plays are coming from, and it seems like the same guys are involved week over week over week. So what is this? Is this a, a coaching issue or is this a personnel issue? Uh, how can we fix this problem? Uh, wh what do you think? I mean, it's, it starts mostly in passing situations, but it's been in running situations too. Yeah. But we've just been gashed on some big plays. So, yeah. so what's standing out to you there? Yeah, I thought that uh, the, the big one that stood out this past week, uh, and, and as you mentioned, Wags, there's been a lot of chunk plays that the Green Bay Packers have given up on defense this year. It's almost like things are humming along and then they give up just a big play um, at times. Um, but I thought that that big 61-yard um, touchdown that the Niners just gashed the Packers for, where Kevin King got turned around, I believe it was Kittle uh, who had that catch. Um, I think a lot of the fans saw Kevin King getting turned around and, and just kind of lit him up immediately afterwards on social media and otherwise, but... Um, uh, it was interesting. I was actually looking at Leroy Butler, who is a uh, semifinalist now for the NFL Hall of Fame. Congrats, Leroy. Hopefully you get in. Um, and, and he said that he thought the safeties were too aggressive on that play. And I thought that was pretty fascinating coming from 
one of the greatest safeties of all time out of Green Bay, and who am I to disagree? So, you know, you watch Kevin King get turned, sure, that looks ugly on tape, um, but it looks, I, apparently, the safeties bit, and and um, and they were able to, to make a play there. So I don't know if that was Amos or if it was maybe a miscalculation by Savage. I haven't gone back and watched the tape, um, but we do have a young guy back there who I think has been a little bit up and down, quite frankly. I think he's got a lot of talent, um, but sometimes... Um, you know, he, he's taken that extra step trying to make a play and we've gotten burned on that. And it's not just Savage because he is a heck of a football player. But I think here and there, we're seeing guys not playing quite the fundamental football that we need them to be playing. And then um, we are exposed when that happens. Um, so I think it's just kind of cleaning up a little of that. And, um, and, and maybe, um, dare I say with Coach Pettit, um, maybe putting these guys in less complicated situations at times. Um, because I think um, more often than not, this Packer defense is more athletic than a lot of the offenses in this league. Um, we got to continue to hit the quarterback. Um, but if we're not hitting the quarterback and we're not getting turnovers, like any team in the NFL, we're going to be in some trouble. Yeah, and that play that you mentioned with Kittle, I actually rewound that about eight times in the moment. You're a better man than I am. <laughs> I know. It's, I'm, it's not a glutton for punishment. I just really wanted to try to figure out what the heck happened? Yeah. And King did get beat. He got turned around, and he he, uh, you know, Kittle made a nice route. <laughs> the thing is, is they're in a three tight end set on that play, and they run play action, and none of the tight ends even made an attempt to show uh, a run look. Mm. And what I mean by that is, normally when you're doing a, a play action, if you if you've got a tight end or a wide receiver. Uh, lined up in the line of scrimmage, they're going to at least make a step to uh, show that they're going to chip or or show that they're uh, going to do some type of run block. And all three of those tight ends uh, made an immediate first move downfield. And then they ran right by B.J. Goodson mm -hmm. and Blake Martinez. Mm -hmm. So here's the first thing is Blake and B.J. Uh, did not have their heads um, on those keys and when you see a tight end jump off the line of scrimmage and they're running towards you and they're not trying to block, yeah. that's a pass play. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're an NFL player, you have to recognize what's going on. They've got their eyes on the running backs. Right. And that's what these offensive coordinators are seeing around the league is we've got guys, I don't know if this is a coaching issue or if it's a personnel issue, but we've got guys, they have to be able to better recognize the keys that they have in certain personnel groupings. Each player at the at that second level has a key that they're ne they're needing to focus on. And if you've got multiple players keying in on a running back, then someone's not doing their assignment. Um, and so I don't know exactly who it is in that situation, but at a linebacker level, uh, you've got to be able to pick those guys up and give some help and some time to a Kevin King uh, and a Jair Alexander on the other side, who I'll get to in a minute, uh, to rotate back and, uh, and cover. And uh, in, in within those first five yards is so crucial yeah. that you get a hand and at least chip and throw these guys yeah, off the route. Jam these guys a bit. They've right? got to be able to get thrown off their route mm -hmm. just a little bit because everything is timing when it comes to these receivers and quarterbacks. None of that happened at all right. on that play. Um, which leads me to Jair Alexander. Uh, there wasn't a wide receiver or a tight end uh, after uh, because the tight end to his side was running a cross route. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what's really weird to me is that Preston Smith was the one that was dropping back into and, and, and coverage uh, to, to cover that tight end. And 
I don't really quite understand that at all, but kudos to Preston for actually being, and again, he, that must've been his assignment. So he did his job on that play. Um, but Jair Alexander, you've got no one on your side of the field. Yeah. You've got to be rotating over to cover deep. And that's guess where George Kittle ran deep middle into his quadrant of the field. Jair didn't recognize it until way too, too late. late. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love Jair Alexander. But he's another guy that is getting beat on a lot of these big plays. And so, again, I, I don't – it's clearly not a physicality issue. This guy likes – loves to get in and mix it up. Um, you know, uh, he's got a, a ton of talent. Um, but he's making these mental mistakes. I'm not sure if it's a coaching gap or if it's just he's not recognizing what's happening out on the field and, and not doing his assignment. But Jair, if, if he's going to be the player that we expect him to be, he really needs to clean that up and, and I don't know, find some way to get on the same page with his teammates um, and, and, and fill his responsibility. Uh, we said last week, it's not about, you know, the highlight real play every time. It's about just doing your job every time. And so uh, I hate to call someone out or get on his case a little bit, but um, I have so much... Um, faith in a guy like Jair Alexander. Um, So it pains me when when we see that, but I've been a little bit disappointed because it seems to me he's the guy that a lot of times has been involved, whether directly or indirectly in a lot of these big plays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Blake Martinez, I've been kind of dancing around it since last off season when we did our final, uh, you know, um, year end, uh, positional reviews. It started with, you know, this is a guy that gets, he, he's, his strength is not to cover. He can get caught up in blocks and in the rush a little bit. And it's progressed to some frustration to um, this season. The more I'm watching Blake this season to, all right, I, I, he, I don't think he's going to get signed to a big contract mm-hmm. to, I'm just going to come right out and say it. I, I think I'm done with Blake Martinez right now. Mm-hmm. And that might be a little bit harsh to say, but this is a guy that repeatedly uh, is responsible, in my view, for a, a lot of the big uh, running plays that happen. Uh, when, when you're playing a linebacker position, it's like the opposite of playing a running back. You've got to read where the hole is and fill the hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Martinez overruns the hole and almost finds a blocker uh, and gets eaten up by blockers at, at times. I, it's very, very frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no offense to Blake, uh, but um, it, it, I, I'm not sure if he loves football a, a lot just by watching the, the lack of physicality that he plays with. And, and this last week, watching Fred Warner and some of the other 49ers uh, linebackers it came into focus to a, a higher degree for me. Um, those guys were flying around playing with a physicality that I haven't seen from an inside linebacker group uh, in years in Green Bay. And uh, again, um, it, it's no disrespect to the guy, but um, it, I just don't see how we could be worse um, getting someone else out there. Maybe we could be. We saw a lot of missed tackles from Ty Summers in the preseason. Uh, so I'm not sure. Uh, but at this point, I would I would almost live with some mental mistakes at times 
from someone else if I were seeing another level of physicality out there. And um, so uh, the coaches, uh, certainly they're closer to the team and, and they know what they can get out of these guys. But um, it's almost to the point now that I, I feel like I don't expect to see a change made there, but I would be welcome with the change because uh, I just don't, I just don't see how, uh, what, uh, I'm sorry, I just don't see what Blake Martinez is bringing to this defense right now. He, to me, is clearly the weak link. Well, Wags, I'm part of the Ty Summers fan club here, the unofficial one. So uh, if we had an opportunity to see Ty get a couple snaps, I'm not going to shed a tear uh, there. I really like him. I think a guy that you haven't mentioned yet that I'm still a little surprised is not getting the snaps that we were hoping he would get is Oren Burks. Yeah. I mean, Oren Burks was a second-round pick, uh, got hurt last year, didn't have an opportunity to play. Uh, very much um, in the preseason last season. Clearly was affected by it last year. He had a pec injury. I know, um, you know, going into this year, there's some issues. Um, he's just not playing a lot of snaps. I'm really I'm really disappointed by that. Um, Wags, I, I, I'll admit when I'm wrong. And um, I said before the year, before he got hurt, that I thought Oren Burks, if he showed the way he needed to show, that the Packers defense would be a top five defense. I said it. And I, I stood by that, but um, right now the, the young man's just not getting a lot of snaps. So uh, I'm hopeful that he can continue to work his way in. Some of these guys, uh, they develop over the course of two to three years. I'm hopeful that it, that is the case uh, with Oren Burks. Um, but I think that, um, you know, the guys that really worked hard this week were the defensive line. I thought that they played a pretty darn good game overall. Uh, you know, we've been talking about the guys that had some challenges, but... I was really impressed by Kenny Clark, I thought, for the most part this week. Uh, I thought that he uh, was taking up some blockers. I thought that, um, you know, I really like what Tyler Lancaster does. It's no secret that I like his game, but um, he just, he's 110% effort. He's physical. He gets in there. So if we're looking for a silver lining out of the defense that gave up 37 points, uh, I think that it starts with the defensive line. And I, I do say, and we'll get to the Packers' offensive line in a moment here, uh, you win or lose games in the trenches. I thought the defensive line showed some promising signs. And uh, I've been on record as saying that Kenny Clark was playing an awful lot of snaps going into the bye week. He had that pop back. He had that Kenny Clark pop back this week. So if, uh, if, if we're looking for something to hang our hat on, I really think that our defensive line's continuing to get better. And we have a lot of talent up and down that position. I, I totally agree with you, and it seems like it should start there. Um, both Smiths, I thought, had a pretty solid yeah. game. They were really um, being disruptive at times. But, you know, playing defense isn't about individual players making plays out of the field. It, you know, certainly... We'll talk about that with the yeah, Giants here. But, yeah. but uh, you got to work together cohesively at a, as a unit. And, uh, and, and that's just, unfortunately, that's not what I'm seeing. And you, say, you mentioned Oren Burks. That's where I'm at. You know, I, I don't know if Oren Burks would be better than what Blake Martinez and B.J. Goodson have been doing. I'm just pretty sure he can't be worse. Uh, I, 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 just, I, I know that's harsh, but I, I just don't see how he could be, be any worse. Um, it, you know, when you look at the whole picture, I've been watching this all year and going back to previous seasons. Um, I, I, I think it's time to give someone else a shot, see what he can do. 
So, okay. I, I, again, I don't know if we'll see that, but if I were um, on the coaching staff, which I'm not, <laughs> uh, that would be something I would really be looking at. I mean, we look at these the tape and these plays very closely, um, and, and I'm just not seeing guys come up uh, with any um, decisiveness, any physicality, uh, any ability to take on and try to shed blockers, um, and, and getting in there and making football plays. Uh, it, it, it's, it's troubling. So um, anyway, I, I don't want to harp on that too much longer, but um, certainly that's something that, that uh, we, we need to clean up either way with those guys out there um, or, or with someone else coming in. So, Dane, let's, let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, the offensive line, I'll, I'll give you the floor. Uh, what do you think happened in this game? Yeah, they got lit up as uh, what happened, Wags, uh, enough so that Coach LaFleur earlier today uh, in his interview with the media, told the media that he's looking at every position. Uh, and I know that that, you know, to a certain degree is the coach just, just you know, frustrated, trying to light a fire under his offensive line. Uh, but everywhere from Balaga going down early with the injury, with uh, then Light comes in here and plays that right tackle position. Uh, but, but I thought a guy who rarely, if ever, has a down game, had a really down game, was Corey Lindsley. Corey Lindsley, I think, is one of the... Um, one of my favorite Packer offensive linemen of the last 15, 20 years. He's a grinder. He's a kid who saw an opportunity and took it with a with an injury uh, a few years back at center, and he never gave it up. I really like Corey Lindsley. But he was getting beat. He was getting beaten off a lot. Uh, off the snap, that defensive tackle for the San Francisco 49ers was, was in the backfield, I felt like, sometimes before Lindsley had the ball in Aaron's hands. Uh, it, the, the defensive line for the 49ers is absolutely no joke. Um, I think that this is a team that plays best when they're playing as a unit. Uh, unfortunately, we are seeing a lot of um, uh, individual penalties. I think uh, Bakhtiari would be the first guy to admit that he's had some struggles this year, and, and he certainly has. I mean, he's had some holding calls. He's had some false starts. Um, so this is an offensive line that just needs to clean it up. Uh, no, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. They've played enough football games together. And with all due respect to Alton Jenkins, our second-round pick, who's playing phenomenal football, I think, for the most part this year, um, I don't want our second-round pick to be having the best year out of all of our offensive linemen. Um, so I think that these guys have a lot of pride. I think that they really care about keeping Aaron off the dirt. I think they have a lot of pride in running the football. I think that these are all correctable issues. Um, but the thing that concerns me more than anything are these false starts and some of the, just the sloppy play that we're seeing out of them because I know they're better than that, but I don't have an answer for you is how you're going to correct that uh, as we're going in for a playoff push. Yeah, so I'm just going to bring this up. This isn't... Uh, where you go to correct it, but you know, uh, we had a long time, very um, solid offensive line coach in James Campen that has been working with most of this unit for a number of years. Um, that uh, that was uh, certainly part of the coaching staff uh, change this off season. And I'm not saying that okay, suddenly in week 12 we're feeling the loss or the effect of not having James Campen, but. At the same time, as a unit, this offensive line's been up and down this year, I, I think it's fair to say. Mm -hmm. But individually, outside of, like you said, Alton Jenkins, and then we had Billy Turner, uh, who was an addition that I think yeah. has been pretty good this year. He's a good year. football player. Um, yeah. So that's a, a change that we didn't have from last year. 
Bulaga has had a fantastic year. Yes. Um, Bakhtiari has had a little bit of a slip, I think, all year. Um, so is is he a guy that just, you know, is he is some of the change in, in kind of the scheme? Is that affecting him a little bit? I, I don't know. Um, the holding stuff, that's more in pass coverage. So I, I don't see how that could be an effect. But uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. I, I think Lindsley's been pretty solid this year, too. Mm-hmm. Certainly this was not one of his better games. Uh, he was might getting, have been the worst game of his pro career. Uh, it might have been. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't expect that. That's something that is going to happen again yeah, anytime soon. I, I, uh, Corey Lindsley is a heck of a football player and has been for some time. Uh, so uh, I expect this group to come together um, and respond positively, and, and I, I don't think this is something that's going to build on. I am a little concerned with the injury to Balaya and, and if there is any long-term impact. Uh, Dane, we did bring in um, a veteran. Uh, we claim Jared Valdier. Uh, he's yeah. been a starter in the league for a long time. Uh, what, what do you think? Is that uh, a signing a, a, any indication of where we might stand with Bulaga? Or um, is that more just to bolster and add some additional depth? I think it was just a savvy move by Goody for the most part. I thought that our offensive tackle depth in particular is a, a little um, was a little thin. I saw that we also... Uh, brought up Yash Ninjman uh, from the uh, practice squad. And we've talked about Yash in the in the previews leading into this year. He's that big kid, man. He's six foot seven, um, offensive tackle. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to watch what we do with these guys because um, Coach LaFleur said he's not ready to rule Bulag out this week. Now, um, I don't expect Brian Bulaga to play this week. I'm not sure exactly what the injury is. We haven't been able to see the specifics on it, but we do know it's not a torn ACL, which is fantastic news for uh, everybody involved. But um, anytime you can get an, uh, a talented offensive lineman like the Packers did off waivers with the veteran and then bring in this young guy, um, they clearly want to uh, reinvest in this position. And Wags, I do think it also goes back to Coach LaFleur wanting to light a fire under some of these veteran offensive linemen and go, listen, um, we're not set in stone here. Nobody here in Green Bay set in stone. Uh, we're going to bring in a young talent. We're going to bring in a veteran. And we're going to have the best five guys play football. Yeah, I, I like it. And uh, speaking of, of Coach LaFleur and then this offensive line, um, so I think it's safe to say that we expect this offensive line group to bounce back. Oh, yeah. um, that obviously had a big impact on our, our rushing offense this past week. Uh, weren't really able to get anything going. I, I, to be honest with you, I thought Aaron Jones had a pretty good game mm-hmm. considering some of the holes or lack thereof that he had. He was able to make stuff out of absolutely nothing on a number of occasions. Unfortunately, it just wasn't going to be enough. Um, that so, five-yard run, Wags, out of nothing. Yeah. I was like, wow, that kid Several, run. I think, yeah. runs that I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I don't know how you did that. Thanks for getting a few yards yeah. there, Aaron. So... Um, I think we'll be okay there. Jamal Williams didn't have his best game. He had a drop, but it was in a third down situation that yeah. wasn't really a play that was set up to, to get big yardage or convert a first down. Um, you know, but I think he'll, I think he'll be fine um, in this offensive line group. I, I do think we'll bounce back. Let's talk a little bit about the pass game uh, mm-hmm. for the Packers. Uh, I think we've got more trouble here than what what we'd like to think. Uh, It's easy to sort of brush over this. Uh, You've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got Devontae Adams. Those two haven't necessarily 
been on target or on point here. And I think they both recognize that, yeah, Devontae's been hurt. He's getting back into things. They need to get him going. But beyond that, uh, there are some more troubling things that I'm seeing from this pack- Packers pass offense that's led to some some pretty big inconsistency week over week. And I know you can say, okay, yeah, Aaron was under pressure, under the gun all game this last week. So it's easy, again, easy to just point at that and say, well, we just need to pass protect better. But I, I'm a little bit troubled by what we have in this uh, uh, pass group. Uh, what can we do or, or how do we solve some of those problems, Dan? Well, you know, I I hate to say it this way, but the offense hasn't quite looked as crisp since Devontae came back from injury. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a bizarre conundrum. You get more talent. Uh, however, as a, as a team, the offense hasn't necessarily responded uh, the, the way that you would expect it to respond. And it's just, uh, that was a concern of mine before he came back from injury. And of course, you want Devontae out there 10 out of 10 times if he can go. He's one of the best receivers in football. Um, however, uh, the, we just don't, maybe it's not quite as creative Maybe Aaron's keying in on his most talented player a little bit too much and is trying to force it that way. Um, But I just feel like we haven't been spreading the ball out quite the way that we need to. And, um, you know, I don't need Devontae Adams to get 100 yards every game. If Devontae Adams can help move the chains and one week it's Aaron Jones and one week it's Geronimo and another week it's MVS and, you know, we've got Mercedes Lewis with two catches for 45 yards like a few weeks ago um, and we're able to be creative and spread the ball out. I think everything runs through Aaron Rodgers and if he's able to just feel comfortable in the pocket and spread the ball out and, and not always try to go for that big play, um, I think that this Packer offense is going to have um, a ton of success. Uh, we saw it. I, I mean, Lazard, man, uh, he showed up when, when Devontae was down. So these guys have shown uh, that they can make a play here or there. They might not be your consistent 100-yard every game wide receiver, um, but I do think that uh, in the appropriate positions, a couple of these guys, and I'll, I'll, I'll call them out by name, uh, Alan Lazard and Jake Kumaro in particular, I think, uh, outside of Devontae Adams of this wide receiving core, uh, can make some plays for the Packers. Um, I think that MVS has had a, a pretty down uh, last few weeks, um, both both as a deep threat, but really, I mean, he's been limited to, I think, one catch, two catches in the last three weeks. Geronimo's been really choppy this year, hasn't been able to squeeze the ball, hasn't gotten the separation that we saw him be able to do uh, back when he played against Dallas in those playoff games a few years ago. Um, and, you know, we're it's it's I think it's going to be a real team effort here. Um, but it starts with maybe not um, dialing in on Devontae all the time. Devontae's time will come and it will continue to come. But sometimes passing it around, spreading the ball around to the rest of the offense will do nothing but make Devontae Adams a better wide receiver. Yeah, and I think the biggest key is we need to get Aaron Jones more targets in the pass game. Um, So we can hand him the ball more, but he only had one target last week. That's not enough. That's not enough. He needs to be getting five, six, seven, eight targets in that pass game. That was what was really getting things going. Uh, and that was putting a lot of pressure on opposing defenses on the edges uh, as they're trying to have to you know, cover the flat and account for Aaron Jones. So that's, that's key number one for me is I think you need to use Devontae Adams, to your point, uh, 
in situations and and throw him the ball when he's open, mm -hmm. but don't make him what the play is designed around every time. I mean, yeah, it's easy to do that, but the opposing defenses know that too. Um, so Devontae Adams got 12 targets last week, and and I'm fine with that. Give him 12 yeah. targets. Just just make it appropriate at the time and, and, and what, what you need to do. Uh, get those other guys involved. Uh, you mentioned Geronimo Allison, and you also mentioned two other guys in Jake Kumro and Alan Lazard. Jake Kumro was getting a lot more snaps and was really doing some nice things, even when he wasn't catching the ball yeah. uh, when Devontae Adams was Some great injured. blocks downfield. And he had the fewest snaps out there last week of any of those wide receivers. How many did he have? He only had 22 so? snaps. Geronimo yeah. um, had the second most. In, in my eyes, Geronimo's just not doing anything with those. Uh, I would not be surprised to see a, a big reduction in Geronimo's mm -hmm. role. Um, let's get Alan Lazard and let's get Jake Krumro out there. And they're not like those guys that you're going to write home about in terms of a talent level, but I think those guys can make some plays out on the field. They're running the right routes and they're doing their assignment. Uh, Jake Krumro blocks well. Uh, frankly, I need some sure-handed guys out there. Mm -hmm. And if Geronimo is dropping the ball and he's not a breakaway threat, I'm not sure what he's giving us right now. Uh, a possession receiver that can't, can't catch, catch the, the football yeah. is sort of an issue. Uh, again, I love Geronimo. Uh, we've got super fan Timmy here watching us live, and, and I know he loves Geronimo. But uh, the fact is that we need guys out there that are making plays in those moments, and he seems to have a killer drop mm -hmm. on a key third down on almost every game, and it's getting more and more frustrating. Uh, you know, Aaron, he's going to – throw the guy the ball on the play that's open yep. and that has the read, uh, it's up to the receivers to make the play because when you have those drive-killing drops, you don't know. That can change the outcome of certainly those drives, but also the way that the game flow is going to go because now you got to send the defense right back out there. Mm -hmm. um, who knows? You might be taking points off the board. There's a lot of factors that go into that. And I think we've seen it a, a few too many times from Geronimo. So uh, that might be something that we uh, see change. Jimmy Graham just isn't making an impact. No. Uh, Dane, I, I, I know that he's been a, a source of frustration for you and many other fellow yeah. Packer fans. Uh, so we don't have to get into that too much. Did you think that Coach LaFleur should have challenged uh, that catch slash non-catch uh, with the long throw to Jimmy Graham this last week. I think it's easy for people to look back on it now and say that, that he should have challenged and thrown the flag. But I thought in the moment it was a drop. I really did. I, I saw it. Even with the replay, I've seen the replay. I think it could have gone either way with the replay. Um, I still personally think it was a drop. I'm yeah. a Packer fan. I, I don't think it's a catch. I My my thing is, is it kind of goes to what the situation of the game is. Yeah. In the moment, I thought it was a drop too. So from that standpoint and the context, I don't have an issue with not challenging it. Um, on the other hand, that was the difference between having to send the punt unit out there. You're down pretty big at that point. Chances of you coming back and winning are almost slim and none. At that point, it's sort of like, why not just throw the flag? You never know. 
Um, so, so from that point alone, that would be the only reason. Listen, I'm not a big fan of making bad challenges, yeah. but it was sort of desperation time. So I, I, I feel like maybe that would have been a reason enough alone to throw that flag out there. Um, I'm not losing sleep over it. Yeah, it yeah. probably doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Graham, let's just be honest. He needs to complete the catch. Mm -hmm. uh, the ball was in his hands. He goes to the ground on his back. It wasn't like the ball was, uh, you know, trapped against his chest or the DB was stripping it away as he's high pointing it, trying to uh, bring the ball down with the ball over his head. It's flat against his chest. He had already caught the ball. Hold on to Hold it. On to it. Um, so again, that's another situation that. You know, I, I had some frustrations with Aaron Rodgers in this game, too, and I'm not going to get into that uh, just because, again, I don't think that was the reason they lost. But he needs to get help from these guys in those key situations. They're not making plays. I say next man in. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this isn't like, – this goes back to we're 8-3. and three. We're in a great position yes. to win this division. So I, I, I know this might sound like we're really venting and, and the season's on the line. It's, it's, it's not. not. Yeah. But, it's not. Um, but we've also seen a couple months straight now of the same problems mm -hmm. that haven't been going away. And if we want to, you know, correct and uh, see this team go as far as we feel like it can go – I do think that they need to make some hard decisions. Uh, and, and perhaps, based on Coach LaFleur's press conference and what he's saying, he's saying the right things, mm -hmm. perhaps they're ready or close to ready to start to do that. So we'll see um, if that either lights a fire under some of these guys and we get improvement, or if the coaching staff is ready to, to make some changes as well. Yeah, and Wags, we have a great opportunity to go from 8-3 and three to 9-3 and three this week against the New York Giants. We're flying out to New York. Uh, to, to face a team that has some individual talent, uh, but uh, a very poor record. They've got two wins this year. Um, they've got a rookie quarterback playing ball who's been prone to throwing uh, interceptions and turning the football over. They've got a great running back who's having a down sophomore slump season. Um, Wags, big picture broadly in this game, we should dominate this game. We should dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think that Aaron Rodgers should be slinging it a little bit here in New York on Sunday. And, um, and uh, you know, I, while, of course, you have to have concern about Saquon Barkley, I think if we key in on the run and we limit Barkley's opportunities in the run game, uh, the quarterback for the Giants here, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Jones, is going to throw us the football. And I think we're going to be able to uh, have some opportunity. And um, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, this would be the week that the Packers have six points on defense. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I, I hope that the players respond positively. I'm, I sense that there's a little frustration. They're, they're not pointing any fingers, which is really good to see. I think the chemistry on this team is great. Yeah. So that's a, a, a positive. Um, you know, at the same time, there's a little bit of, they know. They know what some of the problems are. I was watching an interview with the Smiths. They, you know, they're doing their, their stepbrothers impression still, kind of just <laughs> side by side buddies. But, um, and, and Preston Smith said, you know, the answer to the question, is it a little frustrating, and I'm paraphrasing, that we're still talking about big plays after the bye week. And, and he, he was kind of like, yeah, you know, 
uh, we just we're we're so close to where we need to be but we've got a lot of work to do to get to where we need to be and i thought that was a good way of putting it mm -hmm. um and and there was a little hesitation these guys know and, and again i i i get i don't like to single out packer players but and th certainly the teammates never will no but they know where some of the problems are and uh, so I, I think that either needs to be addressed with, with better play for some of those guys uh, or, um, or the coaching staff needs to be ready to make, make a few changes. And, and that can be hard because you've invested a lot in these players. Um, but uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I think, uh, as you said, Dane, uh, the, the players, I think, respond well. I think this offense responds well, gets off to a fast start, and, and that's really going to put uh, us in a, a great position to be able to put some pressure on this young New York Giants offense that has a few talented skill position players. But uh, listen, I just don't think that they're going to be ready to, to take on this Packers team that's, that's ready to take out some frustration, I think, on an overmanned opponent. Yeah, and uh, don't be surprised if Billy Turner kicks out and plays right tackle this week against the Giants. I think it's a, a good place for him to do that. He's clearly the right tackle of the future for the Packers. I think that's why they paid him so much money is to be that guy. This is a nice audition for that role. Belaga's in the last year of his contract. You touched on it. Belaga's having one of the best years of his career, really. Um, however, in, you know he's had some injury issues. He's past 30 years old. So uh, something to pay attention to. Uh, but don't be surprised if Billy Turner kicks out there, and then we have um, Lucas uh, Patrick. Lucas Patrick. Uh, I like, and it's a good time to get some some nasty Lucas Patrick out yes, there with is. a little bit of attitude and a little chip on his shoulder. He's pissed all the time. I, I think he's him. always angry. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I think I. I mean, uh, Lucas not like the most talented player, and I don't think he's. He'll be the first to admit that he's a scrapper. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, blue collar, lunch pail type of guy. But he reminds me a lot of uh, kind of a Frankie Winters type mm -hmm. of yesteryear. Exactly. Uh, I High think, praise. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think he uh, has an opportunity uh, to, to, to show what he can do, both short and long term, I think, for this program. So I'm excited to see Lucas out there and, and uh, get after it because uh, I think these guys uh, need a little bit of a boost and a little attitude out there. Nothing against anyone that's out there. They're all working professional and doing their job. But uh, I like what Lucas can bring to the table. Yeah, and let's run the ball. Just run the ball. It, it's pretty darn simple. Uh, we talk about how talented Aaron Jones is, and he is, but I think that uh, Jamal Williams, actually, this feels like a Jamal Williams-style game a little bit. Uh, to me, I think that Jamal's going to get a, a fair number of carries. I believe last week he was on the field just about as much as Aaron Jones, but uh, no reason to think it other than gut. I think they'll continue to, to make sure that Jamal's feeling good. I think Coach LaFleur, uh, while he talks about you know one game at a time, I also think he's trying to limit Aaron Jones' touches right now a little bit because he's hopeful that we've got a, a long um, a playoff run ahead of us. So um, I, I'm hopeful Jamal Williams, but I, I think we should be able to set the tone on the ground up early and, and hopefully often against the Giants. Uh, I look up and down their defensive front. Alec Ogletree is a pretty good football player for them uh, there as their inside linebacker. He gets a ton of tackles. Um, Jabril, Prep, uh, Jabril Peppers, uh, the, the strong safety from Michigan who was in Cleveland, got, got dealt out to uh, New York as part of the Odell Beckham trade. Um, talented. 
Uh, however, uh, kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy, and I've seen him give up a couple big plays. Um, so, um, you know, the Packers haven't had a ton of huge plays offensively this year. Look for them to try to um, take advantage of Jabril Prepper's uh, opportunistic uh, style of play and maybe uh, make a play or two over the top over him. Um, and, and just, um, uh, you know, I, I think that we see an opportunity maybe where Alan Lazard has a nice week here. Um, we talk about them needing to mix the ball up a little bit more. They're seeing it in film, too. Don't key in on one guy. Spread the ball out. I think this Packer offense, position uh, group by position group, the Packers offense is just better than the New York Giants defense up and down the field. I think that there's going to be a lot of Packer fans in New York for this game, and I expect a good outcome. Yeah, I agree, and I, I like that game plan um, that you mentioned uh, to try to target a, a few guys on that uh, uh, giant secondary. Uh, they seem to be pretty susceptible. Uh, they're close to, they're actually 29th uh, ranked defense in the league. So this should be a cure-all type of game mm -hmm. for this Packers offense that uh, you mentioned earlier has been struggling uh, the last three weeks, really. I know, obviously, discounting the bye. Didn't have the sharpest game against Carolina. Uh, did some good things, but wasn't uh, able to really uh, put the foot to the paddle and put them away. I think they had a few opportunities to do that in that game. So, um, yeah, I, I would like to see that cleaned up. I, I think getting Jamal Williams the ball more in the run game maybe enables them to uh, use Aaron Jones in the pass game a little bit more, have both those guys out on the field a little bit more at the same time. Uh, so uh, certainly I think there's some ways that we can make some slight adjustments, get some better play up front, which I fully expect to see, and, um, and uh, have a much sharper uh, offensive football game this week. Uh, and this is a New York Giants offense that I think if they get behind, uh, they're going to uh, uh, give us the football yes. a few times. So I love that game plan. Um, and uh, any official score predictions? 34-14. <laughs> you were ready on that one. Ready to go. You know what? I'm just going to jump on board with you on that. I, I, I like that. Um, is one of those touchdowns kind of a garbage time touchdown for New York? Yeah, too? no, no, I <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, I just think that the defense is going to come up with one of those touchdowns. So I think the offense has a really nice day, uh, and then the, the score gets a little out of hand with that defensive uh, score as well. I'll call my shot a guy who uh, a lot of folks are a little frustrated with right now, Rashawn Gary, scooping up a fumble, and he's running it okay. in the zone. All right. That's what's I, happening. I, I like that. I, I like that. Absolutely. Feels like a Rashawn Gary uh, fumble recovery game to me. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. Um, actually, I'm going to tack on an extra seven. If the, Packers if the Packers defense scored a touchdown, they're getting over 40. So I'm going to go 41-14. Um, I have no rational reason to yeah. be expecting the Packers to win by so much the way that they've been playing. I, I, I know I've been a little bit down uh, today. Dane, this reminds me so much of last year, yes, unfortunately. that's the problem. But I feel a lot better now. Uh, so we had a little therapy we're here. We're eight and three, though, man. Uh, we're we're eight and three. three. The difference is, is that we're in a position that's all in front of us. Mm -hmm. uh, so it starts this week. Let's go out there and get a big win, get back on track, and, uh, and keep uh, getting ourselves in position to... Uh, to, to make some noise here down the stretch. Well, Wags, with it being Thanksgiving, I'm going to, uh, coming up here tomorrow, I'm going to thrust this upon you. As a Packer fan, what's the one thing you're grateful for? I am so thankful that we don't have Coach McCarthy 
stumbling <laughs> and bumbling on the sideline and uh, staring into his, you know, 300-page play sheet, trying to figure out what to call in a third and two situation uh, and coming up inevitably with the wrong play uh, and the Packers having to punt the ball on fourth and three. So uh, for me, I just want to mention that because um, that just reminds us all that there's a, it could be worse and there's a lot of things that uh, are positive in, in the changes that we've seen in this last season. That's good. Um... And, you know, I'm grateful for how empty the Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl case is <laughs> and how the Chicago Bears are still living on a Super Bowl from about 35 years ago. Feels pretty good because, you know, I think that we do have an opportunity to take care of business this season. Um, it's all out in front of us. We're, uh, you know, I think that we can dominate this division still. We've got some division opponent, opponents coming up before the end of the year. Um, Wags, I'm hopeful. We're going to have to play better, though. There's we no are. doubt. We're going to have to play no better. No doubt about it. Um, the way that we're playing right now, you know, the Bears could come up and beat us. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm they sorry. Can. They could. They're, they're, you know, they're good enough to come up and beat us if we don't play better. So, um, and I think we will. I, I think we will. Um, we can make some of these adjustments and uh, see some improvement. Uh, maybe see some changes, uh, personnel, um, but uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, this coaching staff can get better too. They're learning. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're learning the players. They're learning what buttons they need to push. They're learning what they need to do from a game plan perspective. They're learning, you know, uh, what they need to do for travel. Uh, and thank goodness we don't have to go out to California. So yes, that's another right. one. That's right. Uh, no more trips to California this season. So uh, that seems to have not gone well. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll just uh, focus on what we need to do here in the division and, and finish strong. So. Yeah, so listen, I hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast we're having a heck of a time doing it. And uh, follow us on Lombardi's Legends uh, on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, we love, you know, y'all are liking our stuff and, and sending us messages. And uh, and feel free to call our official Cheesehead hotline too, 608-285-2128. Uh, and and uh, ask us questions, leave comments. If, if we like what we're hearing, we'll put it on our podcast um, you know, it, it's this is still Wags. You said last week felt a lot like last year, uh, but at eight and three, we still have a, a lot of football ahead of us, and we have some opportunities to do some good things or have a have a disappointing season. Um, but uh, let's not disappoint. Let's take care of our business and let's keep winning some football games because the same guys that made us feel good are still healthy for the most part that have been making us feel a little bad lately. So, um, you know, I think that we we know what they can do when they're playing good football, and uh, we have an opportunity to do that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I haven't even, you know, dropped some, some fan service and said that, they need to convince Jordy to come out of retirement. Uh, <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. I'll take Jordy. I'll take hey, Jordy. Yeah, absolutely. So, I saw Antonio Freeman on uh, social media said uh, uh, he, he wondered if he could make it through waivers and play another game. So, uh, listen, Antonio, Jordy, um, if if they can, you know, run a little out route and. Uh, and catch. I know they're going to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may not gain a ton. I think Jordy could still gain some yards. Yeah, Antonio, 
I've seen I've seen what kind of shape he's in right now. <laughs> I don't think he's gaining much after the catch, but I think he could catch the ball. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is that. Anyway. Ray Allen can hit threes. Antonio Freeman can catch footballs. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, it might be like Madden circa 2007. He's not moving around too quickly. Just catch it. But he, but he'll catch the ball. Yep. So anyway, but uh, yeah, enjoyed this and uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, as you know, uh, stay with us as we finish up here. Go, Go pack, go. go.